Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Dear Young Married Couple podcast. This is a two-part series on rebuilding intimacy after porn. The first is about rebuilding emotional intimacy, and the second is about rebuilding sexual intimacy. And these were actually recorded for the Husband Material Men podcast with Drew Boa. So he is interviewing us in these episodes, and we will link his resources in the show notes so you can find out all about what he has to offer. But we figured, hey, if he's going to put it on his podcast, we might as well put it on our podcast as well. So you get to enjoy it on either platform. So you're in for a treat. Here we go. And there's actually research that shows that four out of five couples that go to marriage counseling after a breach in trust recover. But then here's the coolest piece. Those 80% that do recover, their marriage is better than it ever was. Because they're known now. Yes. Right? There's trust built. There's now, there's so many more boundaries. There's much more understanding, self-understanding and understanding about relationships. Mm -hmm. There's so much that can be done. Well, it's emotional intimacy. Right. Hello, welcome to Husband Material. Today on the show, I'm really excited to have Adam and Carissa King, also known as Dear Young Married Couple. Good to be here. Excited to be here. Glad to be connected with you again. We love your work and the resource that you bring, the hope that you bring to many, many marriages. Well, thanks, guys. We are both broadcasting from California. You're up in Elk Grove, close to Sacramento. Yes. And I'm down here in Santa Barbara. By the way, I just love that name, Dear Young Married Couple. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) The idea is that it's a letter that we're writing to young married couples. And we actually curate advice from a lot of people like yourself and other professionals and ministers, therapists. um, And we we share that information. But people kind of get it confused sometimes. And they're like, this is the dear young married couple. (laughs) We're the dear young married couple. Probably not. (laughs) Yeah, but it's fun. We, We decided to keep the name even though we serve couples of all ages. Yeah, I just have this image of you all in like 30 years or 40 years speaking to these young married couples. <laughs> <laughs> right? Old is only uh, how, you know, how you act. I think it's, mm. I yeah. think we, you could put young on, young with wisdom. Hopefully. There you go. Yep. Wouldn't that be awesome if, you know, in those 30 or 40 years, we still feel like a young married couple? Amen. That'd be amazing. Yeah. That's the point, right? Like our relationship should grow in depth. Mm-hmm. Um, and fun and, and I don't know, those are the traits of, 
of young, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But you still feel young because that, that fun and spontaneity and, but then there's that depth, that yeah. growth that's there through experience. We really haven't got there though yet. Like I haven't mm-hmm. been 30 years down the road in my mind with dear young married couple. Maybe we'll have to make like old married couple. Yeah. <laughs> that feel young or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're talking about this beautiful possibility and, and hopefully a reality of where our marriages will be. Yeah. And today we are actually doing a two-part episode, mm-hmm. which we will, we will publish on both of our podcasts about what's getting in the way of that. And for so many of us, mm. the one hindrance... Mm. The one thing which is threatening to destroy our relationships and our marriages more than any other, even if we're not married yet, it could be our future marriage, Mm -hmm. is pornography. Yes. Yep. Yep. Pornography destroys so many marriages and there's hope. There's hope for healing, but so many people don't realize that. And so they just sit in the destruction and it ultimately leads to distance, separation, divorce. Um, And then the cycle repeats itself in their next marriage. And so we want to bring a message of hope and healing and specific tools today. So in your office and in your house, when you're working with a couple, Mm -hmm. what are some of the impacts you see when porn has infiltrated a marriage? Yeah. So everybody knows that, um, that marriage is hard. (laughs) <laughs> right it's beautiful but it's hard it's beautiful because it's revealing the cracks mm-hmm. that that you need to work on i see it as god's plan for your self-development and it's it's putting you in close proximity to someone who isn't afraid normally to point out your flaws <laughs> and to help you with those flaws so really you're signing on with marriage to say you know i love what god's doing in you And I want to join you in that process to help you become all that God wants you to become. Yeah. And that's, that's both spouses. They're working on each other. So, um, I see people like, I see a, a mayor, like a person, like kind of like a bridge and it looks beautiful. And then all of a sudden the, the two ton truck of marriage drives across that bridge and you start seeing those cracks exposed and now you know what to work on. So, Mm kind of set the stage with that like we're all working on ourselves to become the version that god wants us to become it's a sanctification it's a sanctification process and that's how god has has designed it Mm -hmm. you know god is trying to help us become our glory selves he gave us us this beautiful thing called free will and now we're we're developing ourselves with that free will to learn how to how to choose wisely what is good and you know the knowledge of good and evil so that when we get into this the future kingdom you know that where sin is abolished we keep making those righteous choices Mm -hmm. so why did i go there (laughs) well so we already have a, a difficult process for a lot of people maybe some people it's they're already super sanctified, but <laughs> people like me, there's a lot of things to work on. And then we, then we put in, um, pornography, mm-hmm. pornography enters into the situation. We're not only we're working on ourselves, but then there becomes, um, a rift because marriage is built on trust and commitment. 
can I trust who you are, what you are, what you say you're going to do? And then how do I know that you're committed to living with me forever? And then that's shattered, mm-hmm. right? So, so now what, what is true? What's, mm-hmm. So what yes. happens is the kind of the world is kind of shaking beneath these people. Yeah. And that's really becomes difficult, a difficult place to become vulnerable, to work on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Now Gosh. I don't, I don't feel it. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't feel to, to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So trust I think is the, the broken piece mm-hmm. there. Yeah. I love that image of a bridge. Mm-hmm. And it's as if pornography can be seen as, well, that's just a little crack. Once we get married, that'll go away, right? Mm. It's just a little flaw that That's the hopefully myth. will get yeah. worked out. Um, mm-hmm. You're saying this is a seismic earthquake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and maybe it can be building and building and building. And then when it snaps, like that bridge, mm-hmm. that bridge is in trouble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if I can trust yeah. that bridge. Yeah. If, it's, mm-hmm. if my whole world is shaken. And, and you're talking about that. I think the primary wound, the primary devastation is that lack of trust. I mean, how mm-hmm. am I supposed to have a relationship with someone who I can't trust? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So exactly. kind of just to, to play off that, I think there's two people that we're talking to. There are a lot of men and women who have this secret sin mm-hmm. that they're very aware that they're, that this will be a seismic shift. So I can't, I have to conquer this before I let the cat out of the bag. Mm -hmm. We see that a lot. Like even individuals who come to us before they've shared with their spouse and they're like, I I want, I want help conquering this so that I can share the victory with my spouse down the road. Right. Which is a misconception. Right. And then, and then the second is the people that maybe are in this battle, their, their world has shifted. Mm -hmm. And so we're, we're probably have to talk in two different ways to this to, to these people. But this is, yeah, I think for, for most of our audience, they know that pornography is a big deal. And I mean, we could go into stats that um, within the church, there are so many people yeah. addicted to pornography, but we can't let it out of the bag like we're talking about mm-hmm. because we're afraid of how it will shift, how it will change everything. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and they feel we, alone too. Yeah. They feel like, they're the only ones, or maybe sure. there are others, but those are the nasty ones. My ministry and, will be, will be mm-hmm. over. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Cause it's actually, I mean, it's more than half. It's some, somewhere around 70% of conservative Christian millennials between 18 and 35 that struggle with pornography. And so if people realize that, that they're like, they're not alone, they're in the majority. And can we shift the culture around this to make it an open discussion so that there's healing and being mm-hmm. part of the body, that there's support and resources and unity? And I think that would shift a lot for people. So mm-hmm. speaking to those people who haven't shared it yet, mm-hmm. uh, hopefully that's an encouragement to you, normalizing it to the extent that you know you're not alone. But <laughs> right. right, so destigmatizing it. But then, like, let's actually work on this together. Right. Yes. And there's the other impulse from maybe somebody on the other side where they were talking about the issue of pornography maybe even before they started dating. And mm-hmm. they just knew that it was part of this person's life. And if I tried to find somebody who was free from porn, then my 
pickings are very, very, very slim. Mm -hmm. And so there was just kind of a settling and maybe even a resignation. Like, this is just the way it's going to be. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. I think even more so now with, with um, like Gen Z, it's, they do know, I think they're starting to know like yeah. that it's a normal thing that they see from their friends and their friends' relationships that they're going to have to settle too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we can see yeah. that. I think that this is such a pandemic to use that word. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Just because I think that the technology has, has um, outpaced our ability to address the need mm. because this hasn't been a need for very long. Well, okay, let me pull back. Yeah, in Corinthians, we know that, you know, you had, there were, there were crazy things happening in, in Corinth. Yes, uh, promiscuity was just rampant. But you could not just go, you know, don't go into that red light di district or don't go, go by that pagan temple because then you'll see those, you'll see <laughs> women that are looking pornographic. Right. But, um, but it's only been very recently where you didn't have to leave your home mm -hmm. um, or, you know, risk trying to hide a magazine or, and, and yeah, lots of people did that. Um, and it wasn't into really in the grand scheme of everything that, mm -hmm. you know, we had color images and yeah. photography and stuff like, you know, yeah. last what, 150 years. But before that, um, yeah, there wasn't very much in that, in that mm -hmm. area. You would have to go down to the brothel, but now we could sit in our bathroom mm -hmm. or wait until your wife or your spouse leaves the home mm -hmm. and, you know, get on your phone or your tablet or, you know, mm -hmm. just, there's a, there's like a hundred different ways now. Or clicking like, through Instagram hashtags. I mean, that's mm -hmm. one of the common ones we see now, especially like with Gen Z. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Instagram really is a portal because it's so visual. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What we're dealing with here is a, a weapon of mass destruction beyond yeah. what any other generation has had to face. Yeah. 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 Porn is a predator, it, and it tells us in the Bible that the enemy is like a roaring lion prowling around looking for someone to devour. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, that kind of predatory pursuit is what porn is constantly throwing yeah. Yeah. at us from when we were little kids. Exactly. Um, right. So I hope this is just kind of validating for people like, hey, <laughs> you were targeted mm -hmm. and your marriage is is being attacked and yeah. um like it's not all your fault yeah the mm -hmm. enemy would love nothing more than to just see his efforts come to fruition mm -hmm. through you yeah. yeah yeah so today we are going to what are we going to do we're going to resist yes. <laughs> we're going to rebel <laughs> yeah yeah and i wanted to share one more piece of research i read a book called out of the dog house Hmm. Um, well, Who's the well, author of that one? It was Robert Weiss and Marnie Freak. They they tailored it for Christian men. It was out of the doghouse for Christian okay. men uh, who are caught cheating. Hmm. And uh, and when you get caught using pornography or cheating, you, you can feel like I'm in the doghouse. So this mm, book, okay. Out of the Doghouse, was really good. And, <laughs> I'm on the couch. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. And they cited a study by the author Robert Weiss, who in 2012 found that the impact of an affair in person in the flesh and the impact of virtual 
sexual behavior and experiences was identical on the partner. Mm. That it just broke trust either way. Yeah. Yeah. Either way. Mm. And so while they might seem like one is more extreme than the other, and on the one hand, that's true. You can't get a sexual transmitted disease or infection from a smartphone. Sure. On the other hand, what we're talking about with trust and the strength of the bridge is equally impacted by an in-person affair or a virtual affair. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's a really good point. So it behoove a lot of men to recognize the fact that that pornography does affect them that way. Because I think it is, a lot of guys are kind of like, well, it's just pornography, that's normal. And maybe even see like everybody does it. Mm. You know, like, and I would never go cheat on my wife. You know, like I would never go have an affair. So this is part of the defense mechanism, I think, and kind of holding that shame at bay and maybe trying to normalize it for themselves so they don't feel like they're doing something that bad. Yeah. Well, and justification is part of the addictive cycle, right? So um, once they feel the shame and then, you know, trigger comes again and they're, they're kind of in that battle of like, do I respond to that trigger or do I resist it? Um, oftentimes what wins is by means of justification. Hmm. And so minimizing it, normalizing it, um, it's not that bad comparing it. That's often a tool that um, the addicted mindset will use. True. So today we are acknowledging both the severity mm-hmm. of this, mm-hmm. um, the urgency of yeah. rebuilding trust, and we're going to get practical. So let's get to the hope and healing. Amen. Let's do it. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> uh, dear young married couple, you talk about five steps when trust has been broken. Mm-hmm. What are those steps? Yes. So first, let's clarify, there are five steps for the person who broke trust, but there are also five steps for the hurt spouse. And we often don't realize that Um, when couples come to us, the hurt spouse is usually in that place of like, well, he or she has a lot of work to do, you know, and and Mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm just here grieving. And that's the point. Grief is not just a one step issue. Like you have to grieve well. And so if you want to work on healing um, you actually have to go through steps too. So let's clarify that first. So let me too, um, use the word grief. Mm-hmm. And I don't think many people would put what they're experiencing into that category. Yeah. I think a lot true. of people just say, I'm feeling anger. Or I'm really sad. But a lot of times what, like she's pointing out, grief is what you've lost. Mm-hmm. So first we need to acknowledge what we have lost. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. there has been a lot lost here. Mm-hmm. So at first, you know, we're connected. We have, we feel, we both feel known. Mm-hmm. We both feel like that we're in the light. And this is the problem. There, there is, if some, one of the spouses is deeply, you know, has been viewing porn, there is a secret. Mm-hmm. I think it's Esther Perel who said that secrets are the buffer to intimacy. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that there is a, there is that feeling that maybe, well, why aren't we going deeper? Why, mm-hmm. like, there's something there. Yeah. And so when it does come to light, now, now it's, it's interesting because one of the spouses now feels 
or it could tend to feel lighter because now they're in the open. Right. They're re the relief. Their the relief. Mm -hmm. And the other one now is crushed. Mm -hmm. And so there, then there's it again, an yeah. inequity of how they feel about <laughs> yes. the marriage. Yeah, yes. this is so common. I hear this when people talk about what happens when porn was discovered or porn mm -hmm. was disclosed. Oftentimes, the spouse who broke trust is like, I feel so much better. Yeah. I have this yeah. weight lifted. I can be myself. I can be honest. I can be real. I am on top of the world. I am yes. good. Yes. Yeah, totally. Totally. Receiving God's Which... grace. I'm connected <laughs> yeah. to other men. Like, wow. Mm -hmm. It's true. And, and it's okay for them to feel that, but they do have to acknowledge where their spouse is on the other side of it. So this kind of, uh, we're kind of slipping right into step one. Yes. And, and for the hurt spouse, um, and, and this is for the hurt spouse. So acknowledge the pain and take inventory of the changes that have occurred. Mm -hmm. Answer this question. How has your world been shaken? Yeah. And that's part of taking inventory. It's like, what am I, even if it's just a perceived loss, what am I losing? What have I lost? And acknowledge that pain out loud with your spouse. Um, it's not, you know, putting them in the doghouse over and over. Um, but it's, it's acknowledging where you are in that process. And so it's saying, wow, well, I lost obviously trust, but in that I lost what I thought I knew about my spouse. Mm -hmm. Um, I lost, you know, what I thought my spouse was, was doing at time A and time B and time C. And, um, I lost a hope of what I thought we were building for the future because at this mm. point, this person's world is shattered. And so they thought the building had been built up to, you know, year four, whatever year it was in their marriage. And, and then all of a sudden it's like, no, we're back at ground zero. So we lost all this, per, this perceived momentum. That's just, yeah. it's shattered now. And so really acknowledging that the pain, the anger, the disrespect, um, you have to talk about that out loud. You have to write about it to the Lord, to yourself. Um, you, you've got to be able to get that out. And it may not all happen in a five-minute session of taking inventory. Mm -hmm. It might come out in stages. Well, and 100%. It does. This, mm -hmm. this is the part that takes a while because the person needs to know how they feel about it. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that changes. Yeah. You know, that's not just a, you know, here's what I feel like. And actually, we'll get, we'll get touch on this again. But there has to be um, a recurring talk about where they are, what's mm -hmm. happening inside of them in order for their, because what's happening really is we're, we're truth telling and we're getting to know, we're, we're getting to know the truth and we're getting to know what is the light. Like mm -hmm. if we're no, both now standing in the light, what does that look like? Mm -hmm. How are you feeling? You know, where are you right now? Yeah. Exactly. And this is really, really, really needed that a couple takes time set aside time mm -hmm. to do this sort of thing, to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Right. Not just when there's an emergency or a relapse. Mm -hmm. Right. It seems like there are three processes happening here. There's the process for the spouse who broke trust. There's the process for the hurt spouse. And then there's this process together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. The relationship itself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's a rhythm that's rebuilt over time. So like, for instance, one of the things we recommend for the, the spouse who broke trust to do is, you know, if they're in a situation where there's a perceived trigger, don't wait for your spouse to tell you that they're triggered. 
Mm. Acknowledge it. Just go, hey, I know this might be hard for you being in a certain place that you know that, you know, on at this person's house on vacation that you know I was looking at porn and, and being here is mm. hard for you. Or right. sometimes a trigger. So let's say Chris uh, is or the spouse um, is is feeling this like, you know, they're triggered, right? Mm-hmm. And I see that. I look over, oh, you know, uh, they're triggered. Mm-hmm. Don't like, I know a lot of guys who've been like, what's wrong? Yeah. Well, mm. that, that right there triggers even more because right. it's like, you know, what's wrong. And actually that's okay. That, that puts us right into oh, step one for the spouse who broke trust. Okay. Mm. So it's try to understand the pain you've caused by asking your spouse how it must feel to be in their shoes. Yes. Show your regret. Don't minimize Okay, so this is so important. And, and I kind of give the example of the person saying, hey, you know, what's wrong? Well, you know what's wrong. Mm-hmm. They're hurting. Yeah. Right? Can you imagine if your little, little girl was running down the hall and falls and scrapes her knee and she's crying and, and she's just standing over there and you're like, what's wrong? <laughs> right. No empathy. Exactly. Right. And that's exactly how it feels. Like, you know, you, you just know broke my heart mm-hmm. come to me like yeah. help me like you, you yeah. give yourself yeah. a little bit to this process mm-hmm. i noticed tears on your cheeks yeah i noticed yeah. your face just fell what happened for you there where did you go exactly yes yeah those are good questions they mm-hmm. are and it's showing that you're tuned in because one of the biggest uh parts of this is is that uh, a, a man let's say, because we're using that example, if the man broke the trust, um, the man hurts this person that they love deeply. Mm-hmm. They were caught in this terrible um, cycle and, and this addiction, and they feel terrible about it, generally. Mm-hmm. I've not met super tons of guys that were super proud of what they did there. Right. Every single one that I know feels a lot of guilt, and, and a lot of men feel shame. So what do I do with shame? That hurts. I don't want that shame close to me. Mm-hmm. I want to try to push that shame away. Get that shame as far as I can away from me. But in, in the process of doing this, a lot of men, what they do is they, they, they don't become mindful to the pain because that pain is very closely tied to shame for them. Right. So when they see that that yeah, pain so on, on, on their wife's face, mm-hmm. they go, oh, and that brings up shame in them <laughs> yeah. rather than empathy. Right. Yes. Right. So they go push her away mm-hmm. in, in a sense. They don't want to bring that up. They don't want to trigger. And so I, um, a lot of men, I tell them, I said, you know, by you bringing up the breach, you're not re-triggering your wife or, or helping her remember it. Like, she remembers mm-hmm. and she's probably thinking about it, especially if you send something in the room. Yeah. 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 She's thinking. And yeah. I, I have some language that really helps me with this because my wife is the kind who really wants my assessment to be precise. Hmm. Your assessment I, of her emotional situation. Yes. Okay. Yes. So if I say, you just got angry. She would say, no, I'm frustrated. Okay. Yeah. So, so what I do is I say, Hey, it seems like something changed. 
Okay. <laughs> like, very broad. I'm, try, I'm trying to like make that target as big as possible. Sure. And like, yeah, something did change. Yeah, your voice sounds like a little bit more on edge. Um, mm-hmm. I wonder if a part of you was mm-hmm. frustrated or angry mm-hmm. when I did that. That's mm-hmm. good. A part of you too. So you're a not part like of you. <laughs> pigeonholing an entire no, emotion. Yeah. That's very helpful yeah. I think, for a lot of people. So that's, those are, that's called internal family systems. Mm-hmm. Yep. That talk, yeah. Talking about a Parts. person because so many people see themselves as, as like, uh, like, a, like dichotomous or dichotomy, mm-hmm. like either I am happy or I'm sad or yeah. I'm, it's like oh, this. It's so good. If I am, you know, I, I have an on-off switch. Mm-hmm. That's very, you know, it's just very, I don't know, like it's either this or that. And very rarely are we this or that. Mm-hmm. So often we have multiple emotions or thoughts or feelings going on. If we dive deeply, you will see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So by you asking that question, like I see something, it's, you're not putting anything on her because mm-hmm. some people if you said you're angry that's kind of negative <laughs> in a lot of people's minds mm-hmm. like why are you calling me angry i'm, yeah. I'm angry now it sounds <laughs> accusatory then we have just a trigger 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 explosion totally right yeah so calling out the the things that can be seen um or actions mm-hmm. you know i saw this that mm-hmm. that can't be refuted right that would Simple. really help yeah. Non-judgmental observations. Yeah. Body language is always communicating. And then internal family systems is just so important because while we're grieving, like, there's all kinds of stuff coming up. So yes. a part of me feels really grateful that I was able to go two weeks without looking at porn lately. And at the same time, there's another part of me that's still hurting and still mm-hmm. feeling like we're still at the beginning stages. And and there's another I... part of me that feels hopeless that will ever yeah. Yeah. become this way. And rather than saying I'm hopeless or I'm yes. grateful, it's like we're creating space for all of the different yes. things involved, you know? Crucial. Yes. It's so helpful. And I think liberating for people mm-hmm. to be able to recognize that those feelings or those seemingly contradictory feelings could mm-hmm. happen. And mm-hmm. sometimes like some people, um, I have a client who has lived her whole life um helping other people like being the strong one she doesn't have needs and so it'd be very helpful in that situation to ask that optimist to stand back mm-hmm. you know could can you ask that 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 side of you that has to be strong the optimistic side just to stand back for a second so that we can maybe see the other side of of what you're dealing with that that heaviness Mm -hmm. what is that heaviness saying it's good yeah yeah Yeah. so this is huge and we're just on step one right yeah of acknowledging the harm and Mm -hmm. where we are and i love how you said it's a process continuing to do this step, even as we progress to the other steps. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's true, actually, of all the steps. Always mm-hmm. give yourself permission to go back to a step if there wasn't something that was communicated well or you didn't realize it at the time. That's okay. Both both of you need to give each other permission to go back to the steps and say, hey, I need to, I need to add some things here. So step two 
Um, and step two for both spouses goes together. So step two for the hurt spouse is to set your expectations. Be empowered with your boundaries. And, and this is good. Don't allow yourself to be a doormat. Be really specific about what you want or need. Um, and so we have a whole, uh, it's a mini course on uh, our monthly live date night on setting boundaries and how to set boundaries and give you scripts for how to set boundaries. Um, but the step two for the spouse who broke trust is to respond to those boundaries, to over demonstrate your trustworthiness, not just meet your spouse's expectations, but exceed them. So your spouse might say, well, you know, I expect, um, I expect you to give me, you know, the passwords to your phone. Okay. Well, can you exceed that expectation? Can you say like, Hey babe, you know, not only am I going to give you the passwords, but I actually would like to just over communicate with you. Like before I leave any place, or I'm going to leave my phone out, um, just in the open all the time when I'm at home. And that, that's a big one. It's a big one. Yeah. Um, for a lot of a lot of people, their phone was the main uh, aiming mm-hmm. player or you know tool instrument, instrument yeah. for for what's happened. And before they go back, a lot of the spouses that were hurt can go back in their mind and think of all the times where their their husband was a little bit shady with it, mm-hmm. or you know like did it wasn't very uh, transparent. Or every time that you know she walked in the room, he would kind of close the phone and like kind mm-hmm. of like slide it into his pocket like there's a lot of ways that that people kind of show that they're not trustworthy with their phone right and then of course because those are ingrained habits they continue and so then that person could be triggered and say well you know it feels like you're still hiding things well he could totally not Mm -hmm. he could be like completely open about it um so but but by saying like would it be helpful not if it's like, you know, it's not a need basis. Would it be helpful mm-hmm. yeah. to, instead of like keeping it in your pocket, could you turn it face up on the table mm-hmm. in the middle of the table, not super close to you? Mm-hmm. Could you not bring it to bed? Could you keep it on the nightstand? Could you, whenever you go to the bathroom, don't take your phone into the bathroom, set it on the bed before you go into the toilet. Like there's lots of different things that you can do that are very simple that help with this over demonstration of trust. And as I hear you say, what you need to do is over demonstrate trust. So much resistance is coming up. What do you mean? Mm. I'm doing everything she said. I'm checking all the lists in the boxes. Can't you just tell me exactly what you want? I can do that. I can fit into Mm -hmm. a box. You're telling me I have to go above and beyond? Mm. Like I have to get creative? I don't know if this is gonna be helpful for her. I don't know all the things that would make her happy. This feels impossible. Mm. Yeah. So that attitude is the thing. It is the reason why she's holding on to that mistrust. So I've had both sets of clients. Uh I've had clients that are like, sure. I have nothing to hide here. I'll go get a flip phone. Like, they just lay everything on the table, bare bones. I'll tell you anything. I hope it doesn't hurt you. Sort of just like, bleh. Mm-hmm. like, and the wife is like, I don't know what to do with this, but <laughs> thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and they love the fact that their husband's open. Now I've had the other set, sort of clients, and this is kind of a prerequisite before you work on your marriage or you want it to turn out well, is that you have to be willing to do practically anything. Yeah. 
that's kind of like with a disclaimer, like, you know, but you have to be willing to go be above and beyond. Yeah. And if your sent your wife senses that attitude, oh my word, it's going to take mm-hmm. so much, um, so much less time. Like, and honestly, that's, that's a, an attitude of service, mm-hmm. especially in this season of healing. Your marriage requires servitude in all seasons, and it looks different in different seasons. You have a four-month-old baby. Servitude in this season of your marriage looks different than five years from now. And so servitude, when you're healing from broken trust, is going to look different than it did in month mm. two of your marriage when every, everything seemed fine. And so you know, saying, okay, I'm going to call you when I get to Trader Joe's and I'm going to call you when I leave Trader Joe's just to let you know where I am might be unnecessary, but you're serving your spouse. That's going to, they're going to feel served when they get those phone calls from you. Right. It's not about control. I think that's, that's what Mm -hmm. a lot of guys would say. Mm -hmm. I just feel so controlled. It's not about control. It's, it's so much about being transparent. Yeah. Yes. And maybe when I go to Trader Joe's, I'll buy a bouquet of flowers. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe I'll get her favorite peanut butter chocolate ice cream. There you go. I'm yeah. thinking of you. Yeah. yeah. I really do care about you. And it's not just when you ask for something. Right. Yeah. You're rebuilding that emotional intimacy. And not that peanut butter, you know, ice cream is going to make her trust you. But you're <laughs> showing that you care, right? Yeah. It's servitude. Right. When you feel served... That, that creates emotional connection, which leads to emotional intimacy, transparency. You know, you have that safety that you're building. Mm-hmm. So and even if I get the wrong thing, yeah, I do exactly. the wrong thing. It doesn't matter. <laughs> a part of me is going to want to think, see, it's hopeless. It's pointless. Mm-hmm. What if in those moments I can think, hey, you know what? She actually told me the flavor that she really did want. I'm going to mm-hmm. try again next time. There you yes. go. I'm going to learn from this. I'm yep. going to have yes. a growth mindset. There you go. So to just to connect in with you, what you're saying, there are two questions, deep questions that the hurt spouse has to find out, has to learn. Mm-hmm. The first question is, how could you have done this to me? How could you have done this to me? Like mm-hmm. you said you would love me forever, for better, for worse, for richer, for poor, forsaking all others. Like you said all this stuff. And you didn't. How could you do that to me? Mm-hmm. And you say you love me. That's what the wife, that's the first question. The second question is, how can I know you're not going to do this to me again? Mm-hmm. And so that second part that you're talking about, like, um, you know, buying flowers and stuff, most of the time in these circumstances, the guy isn't super good at that mm-hmm. already. <laughs> normally there's a there's room for improvement and so how how can i so remember we're talking about trust here how can i know that you're not going to do this to me again well what is the wife looking for well over demonstrating trust of course that's what we're talking about but then also deep change yeah how how do i know that you're not gonna do this to me again i see the change that you're going through i see how hard you're working toward this good Mm -hmm. And this is, this looks like men being more mindful. We're typically mindless <laughs> in a lot of stuff. We do forget yep. what type of flower and that, you know, these make her sneeze and those don't, you know, like, 
so the, the that's the those are the the things that we can do to say yes. look i am ser- taking this seriously mm-hmm. and i am trying to become the man that god wants me to become and the man that you married but the better version mm-hmm. the one that's not going to cheat on you so my goal is not to make the other person happy or to try to appease their anger or get in their good books. My goal is to be a different human being. There you Amen. go. Yeah. My goal is to be the person who I should have been mm-hmm. at the start there and who I, I still can be. And so if she doesn't like the flowers or it never works, um, that's still a success and a victory because I'm becoming somebody new. Yes. yes. And that's Beautiful. so far different that. from I feel controlled. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right. so different. Like shift the narrative, same behavior, but shift the narrative. Exactly. One will drive you crazy. The other one will make you into the better human. Yeah. Let's do so this. Good. I'm getting yeah. excited about step two. Overdemonstrating <laughs> trust sounded like a burden. It's beginning to sound a little bit more exciting. Good, good. That's yes. good. Yeah. So Adam kind of alluded to step three that that the hurt spouse is going to have those questions, right? A lot of times, this is step three, ask questions, but the right questions. A lot of times the hurt spouse goes into a barrage of just, well, first of all, they have racing thoughts. You know, they can't sleep. They're like, when and how and how fast and with whom and how you know how big how small all the questions of the details of how it happened and when it happened and what happened and what type of porn and what you know all these details and so it's okay to ask all those questions you may not want those answers mm-hmm. and so really important to write your questions down before you start barraging your spouse with them and decide which ones do I want them to know? Like I have this question, this races through my mind, but actually I really don't want the answer. Mm. You know, like you might not want your spouse to go find these videos that they watch so you can see what they watched and you watch the same thing and now this replays in your mind and every time you're having sex, this is the the thing that you think they're thinking about, now you're thinking about it. So, you know, you're don't ask them necessarily to paint the picture for you of what they watched and how they watched it and when and for how long. Um, So there are questions to ask that are helpful. Things like, what was it about pornography that you think drove you to it so much? What what were the times, um, you know, that that you felt the need for it? And why do you think the the other things didn't satisfy that need? So it's questions about that person's development and character and, um, helping them process that. And so that actually is a step that people get really hung up on because it's hard to know which questions are the right questions. I think too, how the conversation goes Mm -hmm. and the mindset that people go into that conversation, um, with determines just how productive it can be. Yes. So I think that some men avoid, um, I keep in my mind needing to clarify, but we already did. Some men yeah. um, don't want to go into a conversation thinking that's going to go for three hours. So they avoid it. And then, of course, wow. it takes three hours the next time they do it. So yeah. I feel like sometimes it is helpful to say, let's talk about this. I am willing to answer anything, show the willingness, the trust, the, the willing to be completely open. Don't minimize. I only did it. I just did it. Mm-hmm. Like, 
minimizing language. So, you know, it was only, you know, once every two weeks Mm -hmm. or, or trying to pin it on the other person. Like, you know, every time that you, you know, didn't have sex, I, you know, that was a trigger, you know, is take ownership for what you did and, and do it. It, It's very difficult to do this. It's very difficult to do this, Mm -hmm. but giving everything that they, the person asked for being willing to do it mm-hmm. and not holding back. Yeah. Um, of course, be careful. You know, you don't want to upplay your addiction, but you also don't want to distort facts because, okay, so here's a massive, huge, massive warning. I hope everybody's really listening carefully. If your wife asks for something and maybe you give a partial answer or part truth, if that thing that she asked for comes to light later, that's it's colored a lot differently. That's going to feel like another breach. Mm-hmm. It's going to feel like ha- a lie. Yes. Yeah. And the lie is really the damaging aspect here. Mm-hmm. It really is. Right. It, it's not the porn. The porn, the sexual acting out did not do the most damage. The most damage was the deception. Right. Yes. Yep, yes. Exactly. Yes. You're right. And so if we can give it completely mm-hmm. and be very authentic and very sorrowful, but not hide or color anything mm-hmm. that, that would be disingenuous to what, what really took place, oh my word, then you will, you will make progress. But I've seen this, I've seen marriages co- go through this well, and that's when the, the guy just lays everything down, just mm-hmm. here it is. Yeah. Not dumping that where it's not helpful, but whatever's asked for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but if there's so much shame that a man can't give it to him, mm-hmm. give it to their wife and, and is holding pieces back and holding and yeah. every single step seems like we're just slogging through snow up to our hips. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I have to pull. It's like pulling <laughs> teeth, getting any yeah. information out of you. And it actually propels her detective mode. Yes. Yeah, it pushes her into that and says, this is the only way you get information is that you ask every single question and you drag it out of me. And that's what the person's fighting against. Yes. Whereas if the person who broke trust is willing, if they have that attitude of just openness, transparency, they're willing to put it all out there. The hurt spouse may not go into detective mode as much. Mm -hmm. They might, you know, have a few questions, but they're, they're probably not going to feel like, oh, I, I need to quiz you more. Like mm-hmm. I need to. There's something missing. I'm digging for it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so what really matters is the willingness to share. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if it's not always helpful to give every single detail and maybe to mm-hmm. check in like, hey, would it be helpful for you to hear this? Mm-hmm. Rather than this gradual drip, which can feel like cutting off the tail of a puppy dog one inch at a time. Mm. Mm. that's exactly it yeah that's and that's wow. the warning yeah don't don't do the drip because yeah. that you know you know a drip every week of like this massive revelation mm-hmm. yeah. that's gonna smash everything up it, yeah. it <laughs> that's a great analogy though like yes cutting an inch off the puppy to talk yeah. puppy dog. like it's that's awful. that's gruesome yeah i really don't want to think about that 
Right. So step three for the um, spouse who broke trust, we've alluded to it, but it's answering those questions, but really focusing on your motives, your feelings, what you've learned about yourself in your marriage. Don't distort the facts. And that's what we just now covered. Mm-hmm. So, so let's take a moment to acknowledge that the process we're talking about is called disclosure. Yes. And it is very dicey. It is. Not always helpful. And you probably need a professional or maybe sometimes people get three professionals to help them walk through this process. Yeah, that can be really helpful. And when there, when there is a breach in trust, we often recommend counseling individually for the hurt spouse, counseling individually for the spouse who broke trust, and then marriage counseling once they've worked through some individual processes. And usually that's three separate counselors. Sometimes one of the individual counselors can bring you both in together if they started with the both of you. So the couple is the client, but the cleanest way is really just to have three separate counselors for that, those processes. If that's possible. Yeah. Right. And I see a lot of, um, <laughs> I see a lot of wives too sending their husbands in for counseling by themselves, mm-hmm. but that kind of assumes that there's nothing to work on with her, mm-hmm. you know, using that language. Um, which is not always the case because generally there are things there in the marriage that need to be worked on. Yeah. Right. Um, especially with this now involved. Right. Yeah. And if oh. he's going through all this healing and recovery and she's not, then mm-hmm. they're going further apart. Yes. Yes. And we see that for sure. Yeah. So we actually have a list of over a hundred questions that are helpful to ask in this stage. And so we share that when we're working through step three and it takes a while, sometimes several sessions. And, you know, if we're working one-on-one with the hurt spouse, oftentimes the woman, um, you know, we're actually working through these questions together in, in session. And then we're assigning a few as homework. And then she's looking through the list saying, oh yeah, that's a question I have. That's, here's a question I really want an answer to. Here's a question I actually have that I don't want an answer to. And, and for the spouse who, um, who's hurting here, I guess both are hurting, but the one who has broken trust, the girl, I guess, <laughs> the woman in, in our the betrayed, uh, the yeah. betrayed spouse. Yeah. Um, it's really helpful because a lot of them have racing thoughts mm-hmm. um, and they can't just put their mind to rest. Sometimes having that list is very helpful and then writing down so they're not barraging the person at, at mm-hmm. random moments throughout the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This should be a sit down session and probably scheduled. Yeah. Like, hey, tonight, can we talk about what happened? I have some questions for you. Mm. Sure, baby, let's do it. That's that good. really helps prepare um, prepare the man to, you know, to get ready, to get into that place mm-hmm. of being um, willing to open up. Because yeah. a lot of times they, people aren't. Right. You know, that's a completely different nature that they're having to learn now. Mm-hmm. And that's, ha- that's been absent in the marriage up mm-hmm. until that breach. So kind of giving a heads up to, I need to have this conversation gives, gives time for both to prepare for the conversation and to come in with a good attitude mm-hmm. and, and feeling and maybe pray before they do it. Mm-hmm. But that will really help break the walls down so they can have a productive conversation. And then steps four and five, just like step three, it can be helpful to have a counselor go through that process with you. Um, The same is true of steps four and five. So step four for the spouse, um, the hurt spouse, is to release the pain, the sensitivity, the right to get even. That's often that um, kind of that uh, urge to just kind of 
get even with the other person and do the same thing they did. Or holding it over their head. Or hold it over their head. That's another way they try to get even. Um, and work toward granting, I-N-G, forgiveness. And the I-N-G means it's a process. It's a present progressive process. And step four for the spouse who broke trust, seek forgiveness. Allow your spouse to decide when to respond. Um, you've probably already apologized, but it might not be that meaningful yet. So work toward forgiving yourself too. And um, there are steps for seeking and granting forgiveness. And so we actually do that in counseling as well. Yeah. That's a delicate process as well. Yeah. yeah. So that's step four. And forgiveness requires us to go through some of those other steps. We exactly. can't just choose it without knowing what am I forgiving? How yeah. did this affect me? Yeah. I've got to grieve before I can forgive. Absolutely. 100%. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's it. And there's a huge difference between forgiveness and trust. Yes. I think people get those two confused as well. Mm -hmm. We got to talk about that. Okay. What do you mean? Yeah. Okay. So forgiveness is for you. Trust is for them and the relationship. You can forgive somebody who passed away. You can forgive a church organization that you'll never go back to. You can forgive um, parents that you choose not to talk to in, anymore because you've set boundaries and it's an unhealthy situation. Mm -hmm. and, and you can still release that pain and the bitterness. And it's a very spiritual process that you choose to do again and again each time it's triggered. That's forgiveness. Trust on the other hand, Trust is a decision that you make with wisdom to re-engage and reconcile. Wow. And you may never trust somebody that you've forgiven. Mm. You may never work toward reconciliation with somebody that passed away or a, a group you never go back to or a spouse maybe that you do end up divorcing. Maybe there was extreme infidelity and repeated infidelity and the boundaries are broken and you it's not safe to be in that relationship. Maybe there's abuse. Maybe there's childhood abuse and you can forgive without trusting that person. Because we've seen when you, when you don't forgive, it eats someone up from the inside. Yeah. It yeah. really does. It's like acid. Mm -hmm. We have to get that out to forgive because that is what Jesus commands. Mm -hmm. We are to forgive even those that despitefully use us. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. such a hard uh, it's a hard saying, but it's true. Mm -hmm. Then if you decide to, you can seek to trust that person again. And that's the work. And that's actually step five. It's rebuild and reconcile. And this is the same step for both. Rebuild and reconcile, gain tools, feel again, walk toward each other, work toward trusting and becoming intimately connected. And that's where you're doing the hard work of, you know, those tough conversations, you know, in counseling, you're now in marriage counseling together after you've done some individual work and you're working toward like, what are some communication tools we can put in place each day? How, how can we change the way that we interact? How can we, how can we pull the, um, you know, the, the edge off of the comments and how can we work on our household responsibilities again? And how can like just the parenting and the conflict resolution and you're, you're working toward a new marriage. Right. And think about the character building that could happen in this, in this place. Yeah. Cause generally there's not a, a big enough impetus to, to push someone into radical growth. Mm -hmm and development within themselves or their marriage mm -hmm. until something massive like this. I, I heard someone say that, that an affair is the best, worst thing for your marriage sometimes. Yeah. 
because it does give us an opportunity. Whereas, you know, the, the, the enemy of, of great is good. We just kind of live in this okay, good-ish mm-hmm. area and never have this pain point to push us into becoming great. Not to justify anything or right. what's happened, right. but we could turn what the devil meant for evil mm-hmm. and create something amazing with it. Yes, amen. And there's actually research that shows that four out of five couples that go to marriage counseling after a breach in trust recover. But then here's the coolest piece. Those 80% that do recover, their marriage is better than it ever was. Because they're known now. Yes. Right? There's yes. trust built. There's now, yeah. there's so many more boundaries. There's much more understanding, self-understanding and understanding about relationships. Mm-hmm. There's so much that can be done. Well, it's emotional intimacy. Right. Yeah. I got the chills hearing you guys talk about that. Turn on the heater. (laughs) (laughs) That's the next episode. (laughs) Oh, yes. Turn on the heater of rebuilding sexual intimacy. So (laughs) it's so amazing to think that the bridge could be even stronger. Yeah. At the end of this. Amen. Yeah. It's a lot of work. Yeah, that what was broken can be mended. And guys, this is the hope. This is the hope that's going to get us through all those other steps, which really, really suck. Yeah. Yes. Amen. (laughs) We're not going back to the place we used to be. Uh Uh-huh. There's something so much better. Yes. If we're willing to humble ourselves Mm -hmm. and go through the difficult process of rebuilding trust. That's it. Yes. So good. The resources that I have are specifically for men. And Mm -hmm. in the case that the men is the spouse who broke trust. So for somebody who wants to heal at the deepest level, not just remove porn from my life in terms of the behavior, but get down to the core of where is Mm -hmm. this coming from in my childhood? Mm -hmm. What do my sexual attractions and fantasies really mean? Mm -hmm. And and how can I become an emotionally, spiritually, sexually mature man of God? That's what I help guys yes. do. And yeah. we have a, a private community. Mm-hmm. It's a Facebook group called nice. Husband Material Men, which is a great front door to, to get into doing this work with a bunch of yes. other guys. Um, so cool. And we, and we offer live events in there. And then my coaching program is called Husband Material Academy, okay. which is kind of wild because it's basically a video course plus counseling with an audience. So Uh we have a bunch of guys on the call, but you can only see me and the person who's being coached. And we do narrative therapy. We do experiential trauma work. And Mm. there are a lot of tears. And at the end of these sessions, other guys will come and affirm and appreciate each other and say, wow, look, I see Christ in you in this way. I see God in you in this way. And, and you're so brave and your, you know, your love is, is so, massive and it's just amazing yeah it's amazing to see men come together and and heal together and then that gives us so much more strength and Mm -hmm. and grace when we come back into the marriage because we're already being filled up so if you're listening and you're like man like we're in these beginning stages of healing and uh we need to work through this and we talked about the benefit of having three separate counselors, one for Mm -hmm. the man, one for the woman, one for the marriage, uh, this would be a really good option 
for a man to go through and really work through his stuff mm -hmm. and yeah. to get that support and camaraderie of other men who are doing the same thing. Absolutely. So yeah. if you want to find out more, go to joinhma.com. Okay. And we'll put awesome. that in the show notes as well. Sweet. Yes. I just want to take a, a moment to say that when I was on your show, that was just kind of being launched in beta form. Oh, and yeah. now it's, it's fully developed, which nice. has been really, really cool. Oh, so cool. And you've seen, I'm sure a lot of fruit that has come from it. Like I said, there are tears flowing every single week mm. with the release and the grief, right? The good <sighs> grief mm -hmm. and, and seeing yes. God's love touch somebody mm -hmm. is what I want to do with my life. It's, yeah. it's like, it's the front row seat to transformation. It's really Amen. cool how technology allows us to do that. Oh, yes. yes. So really good. Is. All right. Well, well, we'll definitely link that in the show notes on our end. And then also we'll link the, um, the, the link to the PDF that talks about the five steps when trust has been broken so that you can get that. Yes. So let's, let's talk about that. You guys have created a PDF and that's really important because we've talked about five steps for both spouses and mm -hmm. everyone who's like, how do I keep all this straight? I'm trying to remember everything. You guys have organized it into a really nice little document. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yep. So they can grab that. It's on our website. We'll link it as well, but it's um, under the resources page and it just says five steps when trust has been broken. It's a little red button. They can click on it. Red button at the top of the page. Yeah. They just put their um, email address in and you'll get that free PDF as well as some videos of us walking th you through those steps. Yeah. So we'll send you, um, I, I believe a video right away mm -hmm. and then a kind of a video every day for a little bit, just to kind of help guide you through the, the process because like we said, it is touchy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, um, but also kind of like help you walk around some of the potholes mm -hmm. that are in that road. So good. And not only that, you guys do couples counseling and coaching both a lot. online and in person. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Sir. Yeah. Well, online now since the pandemic, yeah. um, right. but I mean, we love working with couples in person on like you know, when we do retreats and Jeep yes. retreats, Seminars. that's always fun. But, um, Dear you know, young when, married couple cruise. Yeah. The cruise hey, coming up. Coming. Yeah. But, um, you know, other than those in-person events, we are online right now. So we have couples from all over the world and, uh, we love doing that deep work and it can yeah. absolutely be done online. We've been doing online work way before the pandemic. Um, but then once the pandemic hit, we did go completely online. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's good work. And, uh, yeah, we've had a lot of success, yeah. um, with watching couples. Like it is amazing. Like you said, watching couples gain that strength in their marriage again, and then mm -hmm. becoming fruitful together again. Yes. It's, it's a beautiful thing to witness. You're partnering with God, reversing the curse, what the enemy used for evil, God is using for good. Yes. You're right. Amen. So it's Adam and Carissa, what is your favorite thing about freedom from porn? Favorite thing. Favorite thing. Watching men walk in uh, confidence. Yeah. Watching them put on righteousness and believing that they can be righteous. Yeah. For so many people, it's such a far out concept, mm -hmm. but asking them like, how long yeah. does it take you to become righteous? Mm -hmm. Like how long? 
And that's a hard question, but watching them starting to walk and in righteousness and, and then believing that and then watching them uh, lead their family mm-hmm. in that, it's such a, it's a beautiful thing. And my favorite thing about freedom from porn is seeing the healing that takes place so much so that the creative space that was once used for pornography, whether that was for the person who was using pornography or the person who was grieving over their spouse, you know, using pornography, all that, once there's freedom from porn, all that emotional and spiritual space, mental space is now used for amazing creative work, whether that's in the marriage, whether that's in their ministry. Uh, it's so cool to see what launches after this. Like the couples that come to us, we see they're like creating podcasts of their own and like create. Yeah. It's so cool. Creating like starting ministries where they're doing conferences and small groups and mentoring. And it's just so cool. Cause now to they're walking in victory and they've conquered such a massive thing. Mm-hmm. And it's, it does give you power. Yeah. So that's my favorite thing. I love that. Yeah. That's cool. They can move on to bigger and better things far beyond porn. Yes. yes. It was taking up so much space. Yeah. Yes, it exactly. really does. Now that space is available. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And and we can dream bigger. Amen. Because porn was was so confining. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the possibilities Mm-hmm. are endless once it's yes. well the, the person's potential is endless mm. but what they tell themselves about themselves is is confining yeah and once right. they tell themselves i am i am god's child i am a victor i am righteous mm. i have confidence in him yeah there's no telling where you can go taking on a new identity Whew. let's That'll go do it and that's why I end every episode saying, always remember, you are God's beloved son. In you, he is well pleased. Join us for part two coming up about sexual intimacy. Intimacy.